I'm going to stay in the flow where Pastor Marion's been. Has anybody been getting your faith built up? Talking about confident expectation and the force of faith. Faith is not a weak thing. Amen? Faith is powerful and strong. Um, as I was preparing for this, uh, I looked up on my office wall and I saw this. I think they got an image of it up there because most of you aren't going to be able to see it. Uh, but it says Mark, and then it has the definition of my name, which is Mighty Warrior, and it has the verse, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. There it is. This was a gift to me from my aunt and uncle when I was like in grade school. I, could, I didn't even ask my mom. My mom and dad are here. Aren't that, isn't that awesome? my mom, who's, I did not get my extroverted genes from. Um, I said, do you want to sit front and center? I said, or do you want like a seat of honor up on the platform? And she was like, don't, don't talk to me like that. Anyway, so I was given this by my uncle. And in our home growing up, um, everybody in our family was given one. And so these were over the door frame, um, just sitting on the door frame on the ledge there over top of our door. So I grew up walking into my bedroom seeing Mark, Mighty Warrior. But can I be honest with you? It's not a aspect of my identity that I've really identified with for most of my life. In fact, I, I would say I identified with what might be considered the opposite of a mighty warrior. Like I'm an encourager. I'm sensitive. I'm empathetic. I'm a lover, man, not a fighter. My wife once in public and never again, thank you, Jesus, called me the girl in the relationship. Why are y'all laughing? It's not nice. I was like, babe, you can't do that. But more recently, I've started to identify with mighty warrior, that I am going to be a fighter, that I will fight for what I love, that I am bold and strong and courageous, that if you mess with, a, with what I love, you better look out because I am going to take you out. I'm a fighter. And, and listen, if you fight with me, you, you better plan on the long haul because I will fight until I win. I'm a fighter. But here's the thing. Guess what? I don't have to abandon that other side of me to be a mighty warrior. I can be a lover and a fighter. I can be a warrior and an encourager. I can fight for the people I love and be sensitive and empathetic at the same time. It's what you call a paradox, folks. And paradox is a powerful thing. It's kind of a crazy thing sometimes, isn't it? To think that you can be this and this. But that's the power of a paradox in our lives. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today, the power of paradox. In fact, I, my prayer is that you are going to embrace the power of paradox in your face. Because let me give you a definition of paradox. A seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. So we go from the absurd 
and self-contradictory to, oh my goodness, I guess that is well-founded. It's true. And some paradoxes are clear, right? Um, people don't really argue in, in, in a given context. And so someone might say, less is more. But less is less and more, no, no, less is more in a given context, right? Easy to understand. Someone might say, deep down, you're really shallow. <laughs> Let's hope they're not saying that about you. But we, un- deep down, but shallow, right? There's a paradox to it, but could be true in a given context. You might say, if I know one thing, it's that I know nothing. I know one thing, but then I don't know anything because I don't know nothing. I know that wasn't proper English. It's okay. I don't know a thing. Now, some of them are like that, but others are debatable. Like somebody might argue with you about a paradox. Like, well, you might think that's true, but I still think it's absurd. Um, Paradoxes like you've got to spend money to make money. How many think that's true? Just say yes. That wasn't the whole room, though, was it? Some people are like, no, you don't. You got to save money to make money. You got to invest money. You don't need to spend it. Uh, other paradoxes, I mean, some of these things, they're, they're substantial in our lives. I mean, big deal kind of stuff. Like some people would say this, tasty olives. <laughs> like my wife. See, tasty olives, to put the word tasty in olives, this is an absurdity, people! It's absurd! There's no truth in that. It's absurd. And yet my wife wholeheartedly believes that it is truth. Um, Another kind of foundational thing in life, somebody might say a cat is a perfect pet. (laughs) Truth or absurdity? Who thinks it's true? Who thinks it's absurd? See, let all the holy people in the room say amen. There you go. <laughs> Absurdity. Dogs, perfect pet. Cats, not so much. I know I have two in my house, but the dog's the perfect pet. Um, <laughs> some people might say this phrase and think it's a paradox, and some people think it's absurd. Beach vacation. Can I get an amen? Yeah! Two of the most beautiful words in the English language combined together, beach, vacation. But some people think beach and they think torture. They think, I hate sand in my pants. (laughs) Sissies. It's wonderful. Now, why am I having a little fun with this? Because to understand a paradox and to understand that some people think something's absurd and some people think it's absolutely 100% true, and then you realize that there are paradoxes in our faith that some people think are truth and other people think, no, that's absurd. One that some might argue, even though it's straight Bible, is faith without works is. And yet there will be people who will argue and say, if you put too much work in, that's not having faith. They will argue and say, you just need to... Like, and we just, we sang a song this morning. It was good. Like, I'm going to praise my way through the battle and worship, and, and that's good. But they'll say, if you do anything other than that praise and worship stuff, then, then you're getting in the flesh. You're trying to make something happen, and that's not faith. But the large majority, especially in this room, would agree that faith without works is? So I want to talk to you, not about that paradox, but about a a couple others. And Pastor touched on one last week. Because 
if we fight against the truth, we're making our life a lot harder than it needs to be. Right. <laughs> a lot harder than it needs to be. And if instead of fighting it, we can embrace it, all of a sudden, the quality of our life, the outcomes that we're experiencing in our life begin to shift and change in our lives. So, are y'all ready for this, Sam? Ready? So let's talk about three paradoxes, and I'm going to hit the first one, and I kind of named all these. And the first one is this, the be a contender paradox. Be a contender. Everybody say, be a contender. All right, that was sissy. That wasn't contending. That was like laying down and beat me up. Everybody stand up. Quick, quick, quick. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Put your stuff down. Put your stuff down. You're going to need both hands for this. It's not that hard to stand up. If you're, if you're physically able, come on, stand up. Okay. Assume a strong stance. One foot in front of the other, right? If you're lefty, you might want to leave with the left if you're right. And then I want you to say, be a contender. But when you say it, you're going to put your fists up and you're going to say, be a contender. And you got to say it like authority like that. Hey. Do this forward so you don't punch anybody, okay? <laughs> Everybody ready? Are you ready? I mean, if you need to bounce a little bit to get her, don't hurt yourself, Alfonso. All right, here we go. <laughs> One, two, three, say, be a contender. Did that feel good? Yeah. Let's do it again on the count of three. One, two, three, be a contender. All right, now you can sit down. <laughs> be a contender. Yeah. Let's look at the Bible, Deuteronomy 2.24. Rise, God is saying, take your journey and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand. Everybody say, I have given. I've given into your hand Sion, the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle. But wait, didn't he just say he'd already given it to us? Didn't, didn't he just say, I've already given it to you? And then he says, go in and engage them and in battle and begin to possess it. That, that's a contradiction. Because the, the posture of those two things is completely different. I mean, I've given it to you. All right, great, God, that's awesome. And then he says, no, but go on. Come here, Chris, let me, let me illustrate this. Will you stand right here for me, sir? Could you close your eyes? <laughs> Do y'all see that hesitation? He doesn't know if he wants to trust me. Close your eyes, man. You can trust me. Chris, I have a gift that I would like to give to you. Would you please assume the position of receiving a gift that I want to give you? How are you going to receive a gift? <laughs> He's still nervous. <laughs> keep your eyes closed. Keep your hands up. Do you all notice this? Did I tell him how to receive a gift? No, but what did he do? Okay. Hands up, palms up, ready to receive, right? Not complicated, not difficult. He still looks like I'm going to hit him. Now, Chris, <laughs> put your hands down. I didn't like your shoes or that shirt, and now I'm mad. Now, Chris, I want to fight you. I'm getting ready to punch you out with your eyes closed. Don't open your eyes. This is the only way I can get an advantage on Chris. <laughs> Chris, assume the position of me getting ready to punch you out. <laughs> Did I have to tell him what to do? Okay, give Chris a hand. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. But play this out, right? Because sometimes we read the Bible, but we don't read the Bible. That's right. And God says, I've given to you. Yes. All right, God, cool. I'm ready to receive. And in the same breath, he says, go in, engage, and possess it. Go to battle. So he's saying, I've given to you. And then he's saying, get ready to fight. I've given, 
Like, <laughs> is, God, is God know what he's talking about? Yes. Listen, we have so much proof that this is not, that this paradox is real in our lives. So much proof. <laughs> Too many believers think God has given them everything and they ain't got to do nothing. Some of you know some of them people. Some of you are married to some of them. <laughs> I've given, and I, oh, I don't have to do anything. God's already got it taken care of. But think about this in our own lives. How many moms in the room? Give me a little woohoo. So moms, they went into that delivery room to give birth to the gift of life, to receive into their loving arms a precious newborn child. Well, how many of you know they had to put some fists up, some literally fists up in the delivery room? Did you do some fighting, moms? Uh, congratulations. Joseph and Katrina Quisenberry gave birth to baby Jaden. Oh, we got family here. Look at it. Are they still in the hospital? Is, she, is little Jaden still in the NICU? Okay. So lungs developing, right? Is what we're praying. So y'all in agreement, baby Jaden's lungs will fully develop and she'll get out of that NICU and go home. She's a healthy baby. Everybody going in agreement? Everybody say amen. amen. So the moms had to fight. Um, how many students in the room? We got any students in the room? All right. You, you are going to be given a diploma. Isn't that awesome? But how many feel like you're in the fight of your life to get that diploma, huh? <laughs> Like, you got to do some fighting. Uh, how about this one? Pastor Marion gave us a word at the beginning of the year. He said, vitality. He said, you're going to be more vital and full of energy and health uh, at the end of this year than you were at the beginning of this year. How many want to receive that word? If so, say yes. yes. <laughs> Is everybody in this room going to receive that word? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> some of you think you are, but you ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Guess what? You are deceived. You won't have to eat a little healthy. Might have to do some sit-ups and some put. You might have to run your first 4K like James Logson did this week. He learned what cardio is. You are not going to receive that word unless you be a contender. Like you're going to have to fight for it a little bit. The goodness of God, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And there is no shadow of turning, which it says in the, the Bible says in the book of James, God wants to bless you, but he, you, we have to get to a place where we believe in full assurance that the blessings of God are yes and amen. And at the same time, we've got to be willing to fight for the promises of God. My amazing parents, they've been married for nearly, it'll be 55 years next year. Do you like marriage is awesome, right? Love and joy and fulfillment of marriage. How many of you think they just showed up one day and it was all bliss and wonder? Do you think they had to fight a little bit for that marriage? And by the way, they're like adorable. Like they walk down the road holding hands and they talk about we're more in love than we've ever been. But did that just happen? No. No, you got to fight for it. So we, we know this is true. And yet, too many believers act as if just because God's given it to us, we don't have to do anything. Come on. Everybody say, be a contender. Be a contender. Did, did you forget that? You can't just say it. Everybody say, be a contender. Be a so if I could sum up this one in just one line, this is what I would say. The life God promised to give you will not be experienced by you without a fight. The life God promised to give you 
will not be experienced by you without a fight. He's promised it. It's done. He's made you to be an overcomer. He's made you to be above and not to be, be beneath, right. to be the head and not the tail. Greater is he who is on the inside of you than he that is in this world. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He's made you to be an overcomer, to be a champion, but it's not going to happen unless you make a decision to fight for what he's given you. Let's talk about a second one, very closely related. I like to call this the step up paradox. The step up. Everybody say step up. Step up. That was sissy. Stand up again. <laughs> you got to fully engage yourself here, people, okay? Get your, your, your legs back against your chair there. Some of you are like, I feel like I'm in Catholic church. <laughs> legs against your chair. And then we're going to step forward, and we're going to say step up at the same time. But you can't be like, step up. <laughs> Like, Step up! That's right, Pastor. With authority. Are y'all ready? Yeah. On count of three, we're going to step up. One, two, three. Step up! That's right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do it again. And this time, we're, when we step up, we're going to say step up, and then we're just going to like look around like, <laughs> like, don't mess with me. Are you ready? Yeah. On count of three, one, two, three. Step up! <laughs> Like some of y'all just saw a side of that person sitting next to you you never seen before. You can sit down. <laughs> Quick question. How many, did anybody this week have a great day? Like, I mean, you went to bed at the end of this day just filled with gratitude and the goodness of God. Anybody? Okay, Catrice, what, what, what happened on the great day? Just like in a sentence. Don't, I don't need the whole story here. I'm preaching, but. Her tutor got sick. She's a student teacher, and so she taught an entire day at school. Come on, give it up for Catrice. Anybody else have a great day? Anybody else have a great day? What, what happened? Oh, come on. This is a gimme. What happened? My first new grandbaby was born, but after me and my husband returned from vacation, I went to work Monday. One of my co-workers showered me with baby prayer. We prayed on roses. Yeah. Had a new grandbaby. Co-worker gave her a bouquet of roses. How many want that day? Some of you are like, I don't need a new grandbaby. <laughs> Those are great days. Yeah. Great days. Um, there, there's this verse in the Bible that talks about great things. In 1 Corinthians 16:9, it says, For a great and effective door has opened to me. Everybody say great. great. Uh, other translations, the message says, A huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. The NLT translation says, there is a wide open door. Now, that other word, effective, there are synonyms for effective, and they include active, adequate, compelling, competent, forceful, potent, powerful, effective, efficient, useful, valid, and sufficient. Those are good words, aren't they? They're just, I mean, they make you feel good inside. Efficient and potent, powerful. And when I read those words and I think about greatness and effectiveness and powerful and potentness and like, and I think about that wide open door, like I, if this is the door, I'm thinking about this door and I'm going to walk through this door. Whew, I'm feeling good. Like a little casual, but confident. Yeah. That was a great door to walk through. Wide open. That was easy. I'm feeling confident. Life is good. Everybody say, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. 
Because then the paradox of our faith kicks in and it says, for a great and effective door has opened to me and everybody say and. And there are many, not, not even just adversaries, there are many adversaries. Everybody say many adversaries. Yes. See, if there was an opposition, your blessing, this open door of opportunity would just be released to you with, with no effort. Like drop ship from heaven, boom, showing up on your doorstep like Amazon at Christmas time. Come on. <laughs> No effort. But the reality is, there is an adversary. There is opposition. In fact, the devil is coming against you in every way possible. When God says there's an open door, the devil is going to be in opposition. He's going to try and stop you. He's going to try and thwart the plans that God has for you. If there's impact that you're supposed to have, is the devil for that or against it? Which one? If your child has a calling on their life to impact a generation, do you think raising that child is going to be easy or hard all the time? If you know that your marriage... Like this person you're married to, you're supposed to help other married couples get through hard stuff. Do you think you might go through hard stuff? And so we've got to realize that there is opposition. What's uh, John 10.10? The thief comes to to steal, to kill, and destroy. So I mean, it's not even like casual opposition, Charlton. It's like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to steal all your stuff. I'm going to destroy your family. Negative. You hear that? He said negative. <laughs> Maybe I should pick on somebody smaller. <laughs> this is just for illustrative purposes, Charlton, okay? You only got to punch me. <laughs> to steal, to kill, and utterly destroy you. That's the enemy's plan. God said, in this world, you will have trouble, John 16. And yet, most believers, none of y'all in here, I'm sure, you walking through this door, effective open door, you're like, yeah, this is good. And then the devil's like, boom, and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And you're like, okay, I'm all right, I'm all right. You keep walking, the devil's like, kicking your knees out. You're like, oh my gosh, that hurt. Okay, all right, I'm still going, I'm still going. And then like the devil brings some friends and they're like, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, God, you don't love me. I thought you were good. And the promise of God were yes and amen. Like, God, why am I getting beat up? Why isn't this easier? Because God said there is a great and effective door and there are many adversaries. He told you what was coming, folks. He told me that I've got to walk through the door confident, but also, boom, hands up, ready to contend. And then the devil comes in and you're like, oh, I saw that coming. Watch this. Boom! Because you know it's coming. Will the devil try to attack you and destroy your life? Yes or no? But God said that he has come to give life and life more. 
So if you know the fight's coming, Come on. then you can walk forward. You can advance. Everybody say advance. Yeah. You can step up yeah. with confidence, with faith, in full assurance that what God said he's going to do, he's going to do. Yes. In fact, most of the time, if he really gave you a promise, it's already done. But you still might have to fight. So if I had to sum this one up in a phrase, this step up paradox, here it is. The bigger the door, the bigger the opposition. Everybody say that. The bigger the door, the bigger the opposition. And you know what your choice is? My choice is we got to step up anyways. Go ahead and try me, devil. We got to step up anyways. There's a great verse in uh, 1 Timothy 1, 18. It says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. How many like it when you get a word from God? A little prophecy over your life. How many when Prophet Trout was here beginning of the month, you got a word? Yes. So that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Hold up, God. I thought I was just walking through the door like it's done. No, no, no. He says, you got a word. You got a promise, but you're going to walk through that door and be like, yeah. who's trying to steal what I got? That's right. Who's trying to thwart the destiny of God on my life? Because the devil is going to do that. There is opposition. It says, so that you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith. You mean it's not a lack of faith to realize that you're going to fight. Listen. Just because there is opposition, which just quick check, how many have opposition in your life right now? You're feeling it. That's what I thought. Just because there is opposition does not diminish the wide open, great and effective door that God has opened to you. He has equipped you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living where? Inside of you. You've got all the power you need to overcome. But you can't act, you can't act like it's a surprise when the battle comes, when the opposition comes. And so you're going to wage a good warfare, another translation says, by holding on to faith and a good conscience. And then it says, which some have rejected, rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. When you aren't willing to fight, you're going to be shipwrecked. I'll say it again. Thank you, Sandy. When you're not willing to fight, you're going to be shipwrecked in your faith. The fight is part of your faith. You you don't know you got faith until you've had to put up a little bit of a fight. You've got to be willing to step up and to fight. And here's the thing. For some, going back to that illustration with Chris, for some, this position of receiving from God, you're good at that. Like you got faith, you got trust in God, like you're good. But for others, like, this is your default position. Like, you want to fight. Like, you're like, bring it on, devil. Come on. And if this is your default, you need to get better at this. Trusting that what God said is true and it's already done. But if this is your default position, guess what you need to get better at? Be a contender. That's right. Step up with confidence, with faith. And knowing that the devil's going to try and stop what God's doing. All right, how about one more? Yeah. Number three. I like to call this the never fight alone paradox. 
Everybody say, never fight alone. Up, oh, that wasn't strong enough. Stand up one more time. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. One more time. Woo! Participatory preaching. This is what yeah. the getting you engaged. So never fight alone. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take, we're gonna lock arms with the right people in our lives. We're gonna go, if you wanna make the sound effects, you can start like, doof, doof. never fight alone. Never. Are you ready? Ready? On the count of three. Doof, doof. Never fight alone. All right, now you got the motion. Are you ready? You gotta, you gotta do the motion and then say never fight alone. Are you ready? One, two, three. Doof, doof. Never fight alone. Like that. Ah. Yeah. All right, you sit down. Why, why do I do silly stuff like that? Because I'm trying to lock this message into your physical DNA so that when you have a moment and something doesn't go the way and devil, oh my gosh, takes a pot shot at you, you're like, I'm going to be a contender. When you're hesitating and you're like, man, I don't know if that's a wide open door or not. I mean, there looks like there's some opposition there. I'm not sure if that's a wide open door or not. You can say, step up. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people get those first two, and they miss this last one. And you can get those first two and live into that fully and miss this last point and live a defeated life. A defeated life. How many want to live defeated or in victory? Which one? See, that's what God created you for. But if we miss this point, because you've got to lock arms, you can never fight alone. But let's read the, read the Bible again. The Bible is such a good book. Yeah, Everything we need is in the Bible. Yeah. The truth we need to live and reign and walk in victory is in the Bible. But sometimes we just read the Bible and we don't read the Bible. So there's a lot of verses we quote about fighting that battle, and we'll say, fight a good fight, lay hold of eternal life, and, but we don't see all of what's there. And I want you to see if you can see something maybe you haven't seen before, or as clearly perhaps. And I'm going to read several verses to you. Ephesians 6.12, I'm going to help you a little bit too. It says, for we, everybody say we. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. We, you and me, us together. 2 Corinthians 3, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you, everybody say me. To which you were called and about which you made the good confession. But did you do that alone? Nope. You did this in the presence of many witnesses. Hebrews 12.1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us together, locked arms, never fight alone, let us together run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And fixing our eyes, how many know it's easier to fix our eyes than to fix my eyes? Come on. Like right now, it's happening. 
the large majority of your eyes are fixed up here. Because we're in a group. And it makes sense. All our eyes are going to go in the same direction. And when you get around people whose eyes are going in the same direction, whose focus is set in the same direction, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Where are the eyes of the people you are around? Where are their eyes focused? Because if they're looking in a different direction than you are, than you need to be, that will impact your life. Jude 3, this is good. This is really good. Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, we together, I feel compelled to write and urge you. See, now you're seeing the contrast. There's this component of you got to do something, but we do it together. I write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's people. One last one, Hebrews 10. You need to persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Listen to me. No one in your life can take responsibility for you, but you. You must determine to take 100% responsibility for your life. Can anybody seek God for you? Yes or no? No. Can anybody worship on a bad day for you, but you? No. Can anybody fight for your marriage but you? No. You have to take 100% responsibility. But then you skip down to verse 39 and it says, but we, everybody say we, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but, those, but to those who have faith and are saved. Notice again, there is a battle. If you shrink back, you will be destroyed. But if you have faith, and you are willing to fight with that faith, if you're willing to be a contender, if you're willing to step up, even in the face of opposition, even when there's an adversary. And so you've got these two sides of never fighting alone. You have to choose to fight. Caleb, you're the only one that can choose to fight for your faith. You're the only one. Like, you have to choose to fight. You have to say, you know what, in my generation, I will, I will not stand with, I will stand apart. Because I will stand for God, I will live for God, I will do everything that God's put in my heart to do. But if you just make that decision, Caleb, and you don't surround yourself with the right people, and lock arms with the right people, you will get defeated. Same for every single one of you in this room. So you must take 100% responsibility, and it's hard when you take full responsibility, because you can feel like you're the only one in the ring. Like you're out here fighting for your life. And you're like, you're all alone and isolated. But on the other side, you know that you must have the right people in your corner. The right people on your team. The right people supporting you. Because if the devil can isolate you, he's already defeated you. If, if the devil, it's one of the oldest tactics of the enemy. If the devil can isolate you, he's already got you defeated. And how many of you experienced in your life that you got around some people that made you better? Amen. How many of you experienced other times in your life you got around some people that did not make you better? Amen. <laughs> it's a simple decision 
to say I'm going to pursue the right people. That's right. Like there are people who if they had a baby in the NICU right now, which baby's going to be fine, doctors are saying good things, it's not a, like baby's good. So don't, don't, don't get your all doubt and unbelief going. Only faith here. Everybody say faith only. Faith only. But there's some people that be at the hospital right now and say, it's going to be okay, Trina. It's going to be okay, Joseph. But this family is a family of faith. Yes. And they know that the body, they, they knew they were going to get their faith built up this morning. Yes. Are you feeling a little build up, family? Come on. I am shocked. I've been in ministry for more than 20 years now. I am shocked at the number of people who at the first sign of a fight, a first sign of a setback in their life, do they run to church? Do they start coming to more small group meetings? Do, do they start calling up their pastor or their small group leader or their core group leader and saying, I need you to pray for me and lock arms with me? Now, some people do. They're the ones still here because they're locked arms. But the majority, it's shocking to me. They don't do that. They isolate. They run and hide. They separate from the strength of the body of Christ. And if you do that, you will be defeated. You've got to lock arms with the right people. You need to get around people who are going to remind you who you are. Who are going to remind you that you are a mighty warrior. That there is greatness and strength on the inside of you. My brother just came up to me during worship and got diagnosed with cancer in his body and certainly was going to be praying for him. But I looked over and I love it when the church is the church. And I saw two or three of the brothers from the usher ministry who've connected with him and they had their hands on him, praying for him during worship this morning. Because that's what the body's supposed to do. Talk about locking arms with the right people. It's not going to be easy, but there is a warrior on the inside of you. But if you act in all surprised that you got to fight, and if you keep saying, God, why can't it be easier? The likelihood of you being, the likelihood of you manifesting that overcoming truth, because that's who you are, it's not very high. Some of you are like waiting for the Calvary to come. You are the Calvary. You stole my line. Quit that and come. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you didn't hear. You are the Calvary. Stop. I love this line for somebody else. I don't know who I stole this from, but stop wishing that it was easier and just wish you were better. Because that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Just a quick question. Can anything stop you if that's true? Yes or no? No. Can a financial thing stop you? Yes or no? Can a battle in your marriage stop you? Yes or no? Can that rebellious kid that, oh my goodness, you don't know what the heck you can do. Can that stop the greatness of God on the inside of you? Yes or no? You have everything you need in order to be able to overcome. But you must believe the truth about who God says you are. It's real big in our society to be independent. I don't need anybody. I can stand alone. That is not even biblical, folks. We want a healthy interdependence where I'm I'm not codependent because I don't need you to be strong, but there's an interdependence where strength is added to strength and together we're stronger. 
That's what you see all through the book of Acts. That's what the Bible describes, a healthy interdependence. And so when I talk about never fight alone, it's all about getting around the right people. Because again, you, you can be a contender and you would step up. But if you ain't got nobody in your corner, That's right. if you ain't got nobody locked arms right beside you, Come on. it's not going to work out well. How many believe that God created you for victory? Just say, yes! yes! Man, I, like, there's a little bit more of a warrior anointing over here. Let's try it over. How many believe God created you for victory? If so, say yes! yes! So what if you grabbed hold of this truth and you applied it in your life today? Yes. What if you could, by taking a couple simple steps, grab hold of all three of these paradoxes and put them into action in your life? just so happens I've got a couple ways for you to do that. You're welcome. I've got two specific action steps that I want to challenge every single person in this room with. The first one's this. You want to never fight alone. You want to step up. You want to be a contender. Uh, Our connect groups are launching a new season. Um, Signups actually officially start next week. Um, But we've got women's groups. We've got couples groups. We've got singles groups. uh, Or excuse me, men's groups. Um, and they are an avenue for you to be able to lock arms with the right people and grow in your faith. All right? So that's one way you can step up today. The other way, everybody, look at, uh, look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. Everybody in this room can make a decision to do this. And that is to register for the Take Charge event that is on September 21st. Did, did he really just preach that whole sermon so he could get us to sign up for Take Charge? Yes! You got to take charge of your life. It's not just going to fall into your lap, this life that God created you for. death. How many believe God has big plans for your life? Here's the thing, folks. You can walk out of here, build up in your faith, maybe a little encouraged. Hopefully, is everybody feeling a little better than when you walked in? You're feeling a little stirred up. And that's good. And I want that to be the truth. But more than anything, I want you to take a next step. To step into who God made you to be. And I can look across this room and I can see the stories of people who had to get in touch with that mighty warrior on the inside of them just to be sitting here today. In fact, let's just build our faith here. How many of you in the room, uh, you've had some pretty tough days in your marriage where you weren't sure you were going to make it? Just raise your hand. All right. How many in this room have battled addiction of any kind and now you're living in freedom? Come on, look around the room, people. How many of you have had your career path has been absolute ease and perfection of how you thought it was going to work out. Is it anybody in that boat? Well, you had to work for it. So you're in good company. And if I could encourage you, there is a warrior on the inside of you. There is a warrior on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus is on the inside of you. And there's nothing that can hold you back. I want you to stand up. I'm going to close this out a little bit different. I'm going to switch over. Can I switch over mics again, Lenny? Sorry about that. Am I on? Hello, hello. Am I on now? Okay. So, 
I've kind of had you moving around a little bit, so it does not seem appropriate to end this service all ooey-gooey, warm and fuzzy. So we're going to go through this recap of the message, and then I'm going to pray for you and ask you the decision you want to make today to take your next step. But I want to get you fully engaged first. So on the count of three, we're going to be a contender. Come on, assume that position. Don't hit anybody. On the count of three, one, two, three, be a contender. Let's do that again. On the count of three, one, two, three, be a contender. Now step back a little bit. Step up, and don't forget to do that look after you do this. On the count of three, one, two, three, step up. Some of you are scared of people around you right now. And then on the last one, on the count of three, you ready to make the sound effects? One, two, three. Never fight alone. Do that one again. On the count of three, one, two, three. this in that receiving position. And God, right now, I pray as we're kind of fully engaged here. I pray right now, Spirit of God, speak to every heart in this room. What is the next step they need to take? Do they need to sign up for a connect group? No more waiting until they're ready. They're ready right now. God, give them courage to step up. God, if they need to, actually, they won't need to ask this question. If they haven't registered yet for that take charge of it, God, if that's their step, let them know it right now with certainty in their heart. Yep, they need to be there. They need to be part of that. It's going to give them tools. It's going to give them a path to walk into that freedom to take charge of their life. Now, God, just all these specific things apart, God, I pray that you'd help every person in this room identify one area of their life where they need to contend they need to step up or where they need to lock arms. Just, just one thing out of all those, what is one area where they need to stop acting like surprised if there's a battle? And they need to fight for what they love, God. I pray you stir up that mighty warrior. God, I pray for those that maybe there's opportunities in their life that they haven't looked perfect and they see that opposition. God, I pray that you would give them the courage and the faith to step up anyways into that open door. God, I pray for those that are in isolation right now that maybe you would bring a, a name or a face to their mind. Like right now, something they need to pursue relationship with that can be, bring strength and faith into their life. God, give them just one specific. Let them receive it now in full faith, full assurance, God, that every promise of God is yes and amen. I prophesy over this congregation that they are mighty warriors in you. God, I thank you that this is a room full of fighters, and we don't just fight to fight. God, we fight in love. God, love wins every time. So God, let us walk out of this place in love. Let us walk out of this place in strength and in faith to be and to do everything called us to be in the do. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.